Welcome to another episode of the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. This is now Season 3, Episode 6. We're at well over 10,000 downloads. Isn't that right, David? Close enough. All right, cool. Um, and this is our 30th episode. I'm Matt, and with us today is Jillian from Hi. JFR. We have Susan from JFEC. Woo-hoo. And just to remind you that Susan, along with Kathy, are running this year's Jupiter Farms Parade and Craft Fair on December 5th. And of course, we have our director and producer, David Charles Guggenheim. Hello. And our guest this month is Mr. Graham Hulls, who is this year's Hero of the Year, who's kind of like the, the, the Grand Marshal of, of the Jupiter Farms Parade. So we thought that Graham would be an ideal guest for this December podcast. So everybody, say hello and welcome to Graham. Hello. Hey, Graham. How are you, Graham? Hey, doing well, Matt. So How you are you? the Hero of the Year. How does it feel? Um, no change here. Because <laughs> <laughs> you look heroic. The, you know, I saw you a couple of months ago in in, uh, in Publix, and you looked less heroic. But now, you look heroic. <laughs> You're the hero of the year. I mean, Susan, so you, you kind of explain what the hero of the year has traditionally sure. been. Sure. Our local hero. Not, I don't know about hero of the year. He's it's the hero of like the year. not like the time man of the year or anything. It's why not? I think Graham should be the time man of the year. So um, our local hero is the designation that our parade and craft committee designate for our annual local hero. We've been doing this selection for close to 30 years. The parade has um, gone on for 29 years, and we've had a local hero for almost that whole time. And what it is is a selection of a local community member who has persistently cultivated a community through efforts that are centered on family and environmental responsible and just different volunteer efforts. And giving so, back to the community. Giving back to the community over, whether it be over a long period of time or a number of years, but it is not just a one-year thing. This is something that's a cumulative award. So he's not just wearing the tiara for a year. He gets to wear it. Like he is, he's a, among the local heroic people correct he is among the local heroes which means in january of Publix, he will continue to look heroic well i guess my question susan is why why did it take graham 29 years if you've been he's been out here for all 29 years why now well sometimes it just takes time and effort on a person's behalf in order to be so graham it sounds like it sounds like they feel that you really earned it they made you work for it he did. He yeah, did well, earn I, it. Well, I did. I was usually in the background, but um, not one to be out in the forefront in the spotlight, but I was always somewhere volunteering, whether up at the state park or with the archaeologists over at River Bend. Right. I mean, I know you as basically, if there's a question about history of the Jupiter Farms area, right. going back to pioneers, going back to the, the Seminoles. Um, and I don't even know if I got that right. There was probably a, no, it was the Seminoles. I got it right. Awesome. Um, that you're the, you're the guy that I'm going to text or, or, or message and you're going to get me the information and that it's going to be spot on. What, where did that, where did that interest foster? When, when, when did that start with you? Uh, quite a ways back. Uh, I was, when I was a kid, we used to walk around the woods behind River Bend before it was called River Bend. We knew something happened there, and it turns out there was quite a few people out here before we even got here. 
people who move here now, they know that Riverbend is a state park and everything is designated and there's monuments and there's plaques. But when, when you were growing up, it was the woods. It's pretty much the woods. <laughs> there's, there's about oh, 15 families here when we first got here. Wow. Spread across all of the farms. And I guess the first people I met was uh, having Comp- the Compton family to the west of us. And the Baloo family on the corner at Valmoron Ranch. Those are the first people we met. Then after that, uh, Logan and Catherine Fleming. I know that when we um, interviewed you for the Jupiter Farms film that we put together, I wish we could have included everything that you had said because you're telling, I mean, great stories, like uh, bridges floating away. uh, You know, growing up here and everybody pitching in and how it was, you know, really this. It's a rural subdivision, but it was that was a, that was a common problem, even back in the twenties. Blaine uh, Hart was contracted to build the bridges by the Bowers brothers and by uh, C.S. Mott, and it was a, a regular maintenance thing. Every time we had high water, the the bridges would float away, inclu- including the the wooden bridge at Indian Town Road. What happens in that instance? Well, you get around by canoe, or you wait until it's repaired. You can't go anywhere. Canoe is the better option. I like there. the canoes. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like that option. And and there was no commercial out here at all. I mean, you had to go quote unquote into town to pretty much get every anything, right? Well, the cl- closest grocery store was Big Dollar or Publix at Tequesta. Wow. So that that was a hike. Uh, back then, it was um, oh nine mile nine mile drive. Huh. to get anything were you a good history student in school like was this always something that the way they taught history in high school they focused on the revolutionary war in around that period right and that history it has some bearing here but they weren't really here that much right um i got interested in florida history as i got into surveying i guess because that dealt with Right. A lot of Florida history. Right, we didn't mention that. Graham, Graham was, by trade, a, a surveyor. And how did you get? How did you become a surveyor? I got tired of cutting grass. <laughs> I, I saw this guy out in, in the street running a transit. I said, well, that looks like a neat job. It's kind of challenging. Pays good. And uh, so I signed up over at Lindall and Browning as a, as a rodman. And that was on-the-job training. And you could go. They would pay for your schooling if you did, so desired, oh. and go for your surveying degree. I worked for them for ten years, and then went solo. And you struck it on your own. Mm-hmm. So that got you into like the whole idea of archaeology and and what was going on in the land before you set foot on it. That that got me into archaeology and um, historic research because you had to do it for the surveys sometimes, where you'd run across something on the property or surveying. And we were doing state surveys for the state, which had historic things on the properties. And occasionally you run across artifacts. And at the time I didn't know all that much about them. So I started learning about them, reading books. What's the strangest thing that you've ever come across while you were surveying? In Jersey, it would have been bodies. Strangest thing. I guess most interesting. Most, most, yeah, the coolest. The coolest. The coolest. The coolest thing I surveyed was probably Du Bois Park. Wow. I, sur- I surveyed that for FAU. 
or worked with FAU during the digs there. And that was to? They were doing what they call test pits, mm-hmm. and I had to lay out all the grids for the test pits and restake all the old buildings where they used to be from way back when because they had a map of it, and they wanted to know where they were at when they were doing the archaeologic study. And I provided elevations as well. And but they didn't have a transit or any kind of measuring device, so I was providing all that for them. You seem to be, for me, at least what I've seen of you in your online presence or anything that you've talked about, you know a great deal about what seems like every period since... The, you know, from the Indians to the pioneers to modern day, you, you really know what went on out here. What's the most interesting period for you? The most interesting period would probably be the end of the Ice Age here. Tell me why. Uh, we had people here that were what we call megafaunal hunters. They hunted mastodon and bison. And there's a lot of evidence that they that they were right here. Of course, it's covered up over the years. We have now Cypress Swamp and high water. But this is kind of the south end of the, now they say the ice sheets are further north, but actually it was kind of like a frozen tundra down to about Okeechobee. And a lot of those animals were, were here uh, going from Jupiter to Okeechobee. Now that I, I would know. not have guessed that. No, nor, yeah. nor would I. So our little area, it probably followed the ridge line then. It did. It did. It followed the old the old uh, ridge of the Everglades. You can actually see it on the map. Most folks don't, on a day-to-day basis, realize that we are the northeast part of the Everglades. And the reason we are the northeast part and we're not in the middle of the Everglades is because there is a ridge, a geological ridge, a little south of where Jupiter Farms is. So the ice sheets probably stopped with a little bit of the height difference and then, and probably the temperature as well. I think it was a frost line or something like that, not full covered ice like the Wisconsin period. Hmm. Um, it wasn't a glacial sheet, so to speak, but very cold. And they were hanging out down here in the southern part of Florida because this is where all the, the animals were. Right. And not only were they opportunistic hunters, but they they also took advantage when a, when a, a predator got a hold of something. They would run them off and then go after tertiary hunters, I guess you would call them. Interesting. So I know that we have evidence of the human population. Have mm-hmm. they actually found any animal remains or bones we, in this, we, we this we far have. south? There's one site right here in West Palm Beach, PBC number one. They found a huge pile of paleo bones, mastodons, sloth, ancient alligators, three different kinds of elephant-type animals, mastodons. The interesting thing is, is down at the Cutler area, there's a site there that's about 13,000 B.C., and just north of here a little bit is another site. There's actually two sites, or three sites, 15,000 B.C., so we know they came through there. They had to. Wow. If you pull up the geologic maps and then turn off 
the present-day geology and just show the old the old geology. You can see where about where they walked, and it coincides with these sites. And the glades didn't look, of course, didn't look like what it does now. This is a result from the high water. I would imagine for somebody like you, the internet age that we live in now is probably. It, it, you have access to so much more information than... Absolutely. Since about 1997, it's really opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. I, I mean, because I know that I follow your Facebook group. I'm trying to remember. It's Indian... It's, uh, Italian, it's Farms. Italian Farms established 1923. So if anybody is uh, interested, you can look that up on Facebook. That's uh, a group that Graham runs. And there's just a wealth of information. Because I know for, for us... We think of Jupiter Farms, you know, we don't necessarily all think of going back to, you know, the Ice Ages or, you know, even even the uh, the American, the Native Americans. Uh, we think of it as, oh, well, we kind of arrived here in 1923, mm-hmm. you know, with, and I guess that was, you know, coinciding with the South Indian River Water Control District and really opening up this area. And you've got some great stuff. You know, th- thank you again for for you know, letting us use some of the stuff for our film, but you've got, you know, some great prints of stuff that was from that era. And, and it really seems that, you know, the theme of this year's parade is, is the pioneer days. And I guess that's probably why, why Susan really asked you because, you know, you were around in 19. Well, I think, I think the parade should be a new theme of the ice age. Knowing this now, maybe next I think year, it should the 30th all... anniversary will be yeah. next year. Maybe well, we'll then Graham's the going to have to be, cause he knows the most about it. That's so true. he's going to have to be we'll like, we'll have to genetically a, modify to have a mastodon as part of the Now that we would could, be, that, could, that's a good float. Yeah. That, I think, Gra- a, I think Graham's, float. Graham's probably got one. You got one in your freezer or no? No, no. I, I, I have heard rumors through the, through the, Farms Telegraph, Jungle Telegraph, <laughs> that they found a mastodon skeleton inside Riverbend Park. That's when so cool. It's in the Hatcher Lake. They're, like, not talk, they're not talking about it. I've heard this like fourth hand. So, uh, so whether to we'll just start and we'll yeah. just spread this rumor. For, hey Jill, you know whatever. Did you hear about the mastodon head that they found in Riverbend Park? They found. I heard it they, fifth hand. Yeah, it's in Publix. It's in the freezer. Uh, Don't tell anybody. <laughs> They're keeping it on ice. Thank that you. is they, so cool. When they were re-excavating the lake back there for the second edition of Publix to improve the water storage, that's when they found it. It's up by the dock somewhere. Really? So this was not just like yesterday or recently. This, so why are they why are they not talking about it? Why is this all hush hush? We're bre- we're breaking news here on the JFR podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that'll um, be the day. The untold story. They would have to pump the lake down to, to get it out of there. Oh, so it's one of those things. Yeah, we yeah, don't we don't want to say that we found it here because we're going to have to... Stuff will happen. Yeah. yeah. Have to well, water. Have people going in, well, in the middle of the night taking the things. What will happen? But that's got to be yeah. incredibly frustrating for you because you were on the quote-unquote development side with, with, with surveying, and yet you have such a care and compassion for the land that we live on and what's on there. It must have been frustrating for you over the years to see some of the stuff that you've seen where, well, there's 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 artifacts on here, but... but there's there's sites that we were on, they're getting ready to put houses on, and there's things there, and it wasn't, there wasn't much you could do about it. It had gone through all the hoops with the county, and, and unless you found something very uh, significantly important 
right. you could stop the site, but that didn't happen. Right, because progress. <laughs> you found a burial mound, for instance, when a dozer's running, they would stop. That did happen on a project out in Indian Town I was working on. Really? It held up the project for about a year. But what, did it, what ended up happening? They redesigned the levee. So they saved the, the burial mound? They did. Oh, that's good. The University that's... of Florida came in, did the survey for it. Which is had... the best way to do it, because I've seen poltergeist. That's true. You, you don't know want, what happens. You don't want to do that. Ends badly. It, it exactly. ends very badly. All, all, all the above, it's just general respect yeah no absolutely it's <laughs> that too yeah, well <laughs> and you know i now your family came here in the 60s late 60s late 60s and that's when you came to jupiter farms came to jupiter farms 15 people or 15 families what do you what do you think of it now it's changed um we have they, uh, we have some new things that probably need a trusting sooner or later particularly the traffic and more and more people are looking up here as a, an additional tax base mainly the town of jupiter so so the traffic is, is a problem look watching out for being annexed but are there any good changes that have happened since 1968 he asks questioningly say <laughs> good thing uh, <laughs> well i fought the shopping center so that, yeah. that kind of tells you my my point of view on not even though I go in there now, but it's sort of an attractive nuisance having that there. Right. And we don't always have people from out here using that store, but it's kind of obvious when you look at the parking lot. There's no way to right. remedy that. So. Um, yeah, but you did some good there. I mean, you and the, all of us in the farms that fought that center, it was going to be twice the size three. that it that's, was. Three times. That's, three times that's true. Could you, imagine, a, could you imagine if that public area si- was three times the size? And the 95 would have been, listen, I sound like I'm from California. The 95. The 95. 95 right. would have been right at that intersection. Well, and not only that, but that's something that y'all were involved in and in fighting 95. We were involved with it, but there's a couple of guys that, need matching one was um, Nick Nixon Nick Nixon he was the guy that went up to or went to Fort Lauderdale and addressed DOT and asked him what the heck was going on and the other guy was Dwight Studdard they were the guys that did all the legwork with the government governmental authorities that were in charge of that transportation with right. the county and um, it was actually Nick Nixon that found out what they were up to. Now, there are some powerful landowners on the north side of Indian Town Road. Right. We had Senator Jerry Thomas. That probably helped. We had Roy Rude, and that's why it was going to end up at Jupiter Farms Road. Because huh. they own all that property back in there. Oh. Uh, Interesting. When that came to a head, it kind of blew everything out of the water. And then they found out people lived out here. And the all, all 15 of you. Yeah. Well, those, More than that. Those yeah. the 4-H club. Yeah. Right. The 4-H club banded together and did a presentation of the South Florida Fair. And then we formed a bird sanctuary under the guidelines of the Audubon, which encompassed most of Section 6 up the river bend. Oh. And that really... That really That's that, smart. <laughs> that, that totally wrecked it. And that was the same time period when folks were fighting to get the Loxahatchee River 
designated wild and scenic. It, it was. And mm-hmm. that. And that's a federal designation. So well, it started as a state designation, mm-hmm. and then um, and then it went to the federal designation. All of those protections helped convince DOT to move east. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, it's 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 great to get this kind of a perspective because, you know, I moved here a dozen years ago. And for me, that's, you know, I, I look to people like you, Graham and Susan, who came before. And I know you guys know all the names of the people that came before. And Graham, who is a historian, he knows all the names. But, you know, and that's what I love about that page. Because you have some great little things like, you know, just the people who move in. You don't necessarily know what Randolph signing is named for. And then you go to Graham's page and you get the whole you know story about Orrin Randolph. And it's really nice to put that perspective and you find out that a siding was a railroad siding. And that's because they were doing logging. And, and this was, you know, Jupiter Fruit Farms and Groves or whatever it was called back in the 20s when they were trying to unload it. So and, and it's nice to... St- to kind of be able to put those puzzle pieces together. Not that I'm going to ever know, uh, you know, a 20th of what you know about this area, but it's, it's nice to get that kind of global perspective and to see how, you know, 20 plus years ago you were fighting Publix, but I see you begrudgingly in there buying your, your your Mastodon, Mastodon, (laughs) Mastodon chips. And, and I, I mean, I don't know what the population was back in the late 80s, early 90s when you guys were fighting Publix. Were we 60% built out? Were we 50? Oh, no. In the early 80s, before the interstate came, right. it was probably more like 20 or 30% built out. So when they proposed Publix... And that was right after the interstate came. Okay, so what what do you think the population was out here? It was in flux at the time, probably about fifty percent. Okay, 40, so 50%. so now that we're like ninety five plus, we, if you look around, we're now, essentially a hundred percent. We're essentially, yeah. I mean, we're there's some. Now you yeah. kind of say, well, I guess we needed the Publix, you know, and the dispensary. Let's face it, <laughs> we all really need the dispensary, you know, just to deal with the traffic and Loxahatchee River Control District. And I have to say that the size of Publix is perfect. You didn't have to say that. I do have to say that. You didn't have to. Because bigger than that, I mean, it's just recently that everything is rented there. For a long time, there were... You mean the shopping center itself, not the store. In the shopping center, right. Originally, when when the Publix was built where it is now, we had the DeVos developers building in the northeast corner. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny. You see these like plots to some of these movies where they say, oh, we can't do this because, you know, the spotted owl or this and that. But I feel like Jupiter Farms is kind of one of those areas that we're depending on certain ecological things to kind of keep us safe. You know, all these protected lands that are that are surrounding us. We do have something that's ecologically important that keeps us safe and fighting for it has kept us safe. You're talking about the river? Water. Water. Yeah. I, I was close. A river is water. Estuary. It's the water. All around us because they're after the time of the development of the shopping center, and actually Frank Lund was part of the North Palm Beach water plan, the whole area around Jupiter Farms became part of the Comprehensive Everglades Restoration Project. And oh. so we're all surrounded by the watershed that goes towards the federally designated protected 
Loxahatchee River. So we we are That's protected great. because I mean our spotted owl is the river. Our spotted owl yeah. is the water, not just for the river, but also for our own drinking water. I was just thinking of that Brady Bunch Christmas special, where they were going to do you know build over in the park or something, and That's, they had to save it. That's us. But Mike's architectural firm had been contracted to. You don't care, Graham. To me, um, you are you're like a Renaissance man. And there's not a lot of people you can say that about. You're an author. You're a ham radio operator. You're a surveyor. You're an archaeologist. You're you're a historian. Th- those are those are very interesting skill set. And he's a musician. And he's a musician, right? And he's a cook. I was gonna and just bring cook. up the cooking thing. Oh, cook. <laughs> and and you know cook. you're you're like um, you're it's I respect the hell out of you because there's just not a lot of people like you anymore you've and you're generous with your time you're you're generous with your knowledge reason why i like all those things is i find them all enjoyable whether it's cooking music and then there's always something else i may try and learn too Um, i'm trying to learn different languages that's another thing i enjoy doing i'm terrible at them well i remember it was a couple of years ago i was walking in to teach a class at the college and i hear matt and I turn around, and, and you're there. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? Well, I retired, and I'm taking classes again. I did. That's he didn't, back, he didn't take back, my class, by the way. I went back to college. He may see me there yet. He wanted to learn something. <laughs> he wanted to find, Oh, he wanted to learn something. That's why I didn't take my class. Yeah, good one. Ooh. I guess if I'm going to slow pitch him, you're going to swing at him. <laughs> um, and, and I think that when, you know, when I looked at the article in the Jupiter Farmer that you know, named you as local hero, to me, you're the hero of the year, or when you're the grand marshal. I got to, you know, not that any any person is reduced to just words on a page, but that, I mean, it's not a reduction at all. I'm sitting there going, wow. You know, I thought I knew a lot about you, and I'm learning more and more, and sitting with you here, I'm, I just, I, I learn more and more, and, and, you know, somebody who is of your statue who is going back and still taking classes, that to me just shows exactly the cut of the man that you are. You're not ever willing to say, I've, I've, I've learned it all. I know it all. Uh, it should always be learning. It's, it, if I find it enjoyable, um, sometimes it's difficult, but then when you, when you learn, it's great. Um, right now I'm taking, I'm going for an MA in anthropology it may take me six or seven years, but yeah, I've got all the time in the world right now. So, that's it. if you could live in any time period, which would you choose? Time period. Don't pick the ice age. Don't pick the cold. ice age. No, it'd, it'd probably be uh, early '60s. The music. Yeah. Okay. So we know who wins. The music. Like right around the British invasion type time ish. Um, Hendrix. Oh, okay. Nice. So you would have been up at Woodstock as well. I would have. Awesome. I was just a little too young. Yeah. I've always been interested in DJing and radio. Because of your love of music, I would imagine. Music and 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 radio. Right. The ham radio, the electronics and stuff, building right. your own transmitters and that kind of. Thing. Yeah, you've built your own amplifiers, haven't you? I have. I saw one of those that you posted a picture of. That was pretty impressive. So okay. the question is: yeah. is how far away? Is the furthest person that you've talked to on ham? 
on ham radio um polynesia wow that's amazing uh, polynesia antarctica can talk to antarctica fairly regularly now we have all those expeditions down there it in our winter time is when they go and you have bases from europe russia and many other countries japan uh russia of course those are the guys I talk to the most. They're the most active. So what do you it, talk to, about to, pe- um, when, was, to people in Antarctica? In Polynesia. Or in Polynesia. <laughs> oh, Polynesia. Uh, oh, Polynesia, uh, by the way, was the name of the parrot in Dr. Dulo, yeah. in case you needed oh, to Polynesia, know. Malaysia. Most of the operators speak better English than I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. How do you know? Have you been to because Polynesia? Because I've been to Polynesia and I've been to Malaysia. I don't think I could point to Polynesia on a map. I know what Polynesian food is. Um, I would probably get to the general hemisphere. Go to Hawaii and keep going. It's not what they serve at Disney World. No, it's not. You're talking about Kristen. I don't go to Disney World. It's amazing food. And you, you, wait, you cook some what looks like amazing food. I haven't been, you know, invited yet, but um, you you do a lot of like eclectic fusion kind of food. I, I do. Well, sometimes I have to because it's all I can find in a store. <laughs> in that damn Publix so, that we battled. So, so I go up there and, and I'll meld some things together. And I really enjoy Mediterranean cooking, um, Middle East cooking, uh, Lebanese. Lebanese cooking is just... Where's the further... Are you a traveler? Do you like to travel? And, I, would love, and, I would love to travel, but the way things are going on right now, it's, it's, right. it's kind of difficult. Where, I, where would you like to go? Like, what's number one on your list can, if, if all um, things were equal? I would like to go to into Syria, Jordan, Ur, you know, that region. Right. Because that's, that was kind of the origin of modern man, right. humankind. Cradle of civilization? Yeah. No, that's, that, I'm not, is that right? Mm-hmm. All right, For, cool. Yeah, I, all right, cool. I believe so. Sweet. All right. A lot, a lot of things came out of that region. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that that's the kind of cooking I enjoy is from there. It's, um as well as from Mexico, and I've dabbled in some South Korean cooking also. Wow, that's that's a fusion. Well, Graham, I want to be the 11th person to congratulate you on being the local hero for this year, because I'm Thank sure 10 God. people have, have said congratulations already. And and I think, I, I just, I, I love I love talking to you, I love getting information, I love, I love talking uh, about just the, your breadth of knowledge. We've reached the end of another Jupiter Farms Residence podcast. A reminder that JFR meetings will resume in February. So you can surf on over to jupiterfarmsresidence.com where you can find the links to our meeting and agenda and all sorts of other good information. Our meetings take place on the Zoom platform that are also simulcast over Facebook Live. We will get our usual updates from PBSO officers and surrogate supervisors, as well as JFEC and JFR. In some months, we have a guest from local agencies that help keep us informed. The informational and virtual links are always posted on our social media the week before, and it's also sent out in our JFR e-newsletter and posted online on our website. So we look forward to seeing everybody that ordered trees at our December 4th JFR tree pickup. And if you're listening to us after the 4th, keep your eyes peeled for next year's Christmas tree sale, where all proceeds go towards scholarships for Jupiter Farms graduating seniors. 
So there you go. It's a lot of information from Graham, but luckily you can rewind and listen to it all again. And once again, folks, thanks for listening to us on the JFR podcast. Be sure that you hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified when new episodes release. And please share it with your neighbors and friends. Also reminding you that Talking Trash will be resuming their local community cleanup in January on Saturday the 8th and Saturday the 29th at 8 a.m. in Jupiter Farms Park by the Pavilion. And they're always looking for volunteers to help out. There are great refreshments, prizes, so why not lend a hand? And also anyone who needs community service hours, that's a great opportunity. Thanks to Jupiter Farms, Hero of the Year. Okay, I'm just going to keep saying it. No, he's the he's the local hero. Graham Hulls for the deep dive into all that is you. Thank you to Someone Talked Media and to David Charles Guggenheim for your direction and engineering. And most of all, thanks to you, <clears throat> our audience, for streaming and listening to the Jupiter Farms Residence Podcast. Have a happy holiday season. Take good care and be safe. And we'll be speaking at you again before long from the farm. So say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. 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 One take. That's what Jack Warner used to tell me. One take. Anyway, um, Graham, you know, I feel like you are. Water pump. (laughs) Okay, let's pause for the water pump. Somebody somebody pooped. I think Warren went pee-pee. You're gonna you're gonna edit this out, right? Gonna, no, gonna, no, this is gonna, oh, this is gonna open the show. <laughs> Not if I say breadth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> How long is your Graham? Work? Graham, just if you know, if you want to ret- retract something, just throw a curse word in yeah. there because David is quite. He's PG. really good at editing us. Yeah. So it's so whenever community, I, it's a community podcast. It is a community <laughs> podcast. Community podcast. So God whenever, damn it. So whenever <laughs> I screw up, I say breadth. So I know he has to edit it out. Stop yes. making him have more work. Breadth. Stop um, it. Nice. Now give me the noise again. First time. <laughs> Not that noise. No, the. Shh, you have to do it again. Yeah, over. but he can. It's all. It's five different things. Yeah, but they, they, he can they, isolate. They bleed. Psst. They bleed. You give just it. want. You just want the noise in isolation. Yeah. <sighs> no. Yeah. No good. David yeah, it just. Wasn't a very I, good one. What do you? Uh, that was a little faint. It's the microphone. It's the microphone. No, you like died out at the end. Well, it's supposed to because you're getting to the end of the port. It's years of smoking. That's all you get. That's all you get. I I got got no more. I keep giving. I got nothing else. That one was better. All right. I got nothing else. Which one should we use? The one you like best. You're you're the director and the engineer. I'm going to use them all. I love you. (laughs) I love you. Do we need to do the whole thing again? The Let's whole do it show? Yeah, yeah, no, we're done. We're done. Yay. We get to go home. A little bit. That was great. <sighs> Yay, thank you. That was a long outro. My ears are hot. This has been a production of someone talked media.com.